Hello, everyone, and welcome to a bit of a special edition of Saturday Night Hive. I'm here with my friend, Hibba. Hello, Hibba. Hey, Candace. And we agreed that this week we are not going to recap an episode, but we're actually going to boycott an episode. And we'll tell you why. And let's just say we are boycotting the Elon Musk episode of SNL, which is going out May 8th. And we will explain our points. It is okay if you watch it because someone has to. But we want to be very clear in that we think the greatest protest in this is to just not watch it. But let's start at the top. So, Hibba, where were you? Where were you when you found out that SNL booked Elon Musk and Miley Cyrus for the May 8th episode? Um, I remember I was just sort of like leisurely lounging on my couch, uh, scrolling through Instagram. And then I saw the post, you know, like the infamous like cork board and the little postcards that they use. Um, I had to do a double take and then I was immediately, immediately livid. I'll also say um, I was like, of course, Miley Cyrus is the only person that would agree to be a musical guest. Like, mm-hmm. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about it. We're going to go into them. But this really represents late stage capitalism at its finest. Like this man, I believe, probably bought or bribed his way onto the SNL stage. Mm. Very Jim Carrey-like, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, but not even at all talented. He has nothing to do with the world Mm -hmm. of media. I don't know. Next thing he's going to announce, he's running for governor of California or something. Like, can you imagine? Gross. But, yeah, I was immediately livid, still angry um, about it. How are you feeling? Where were you? I think that's fair. You know, I, too, was enjoying my Saturday living my life, looking forward to the Oscars the following day, which, by the way, I do think is part of the story, because when this dropped, the first thing I texted Hibba was like, oh, this is clearly a prank. Someone clearly missed the April 1st deadline, and this is a prank. It's fine. They'll rescind this announcement. And then as I for me, what cemented it was Miley Cyrus retweeting the announcement. And I was like, oh, so she's co-signing this. And another thing I brought up to Hibba was like, I have this feeling that Miley Cyrus was probably like the fourth musical guest they turned to um, because it takes a real someone to be like, yes, I will do an episode with uh, one of the closest to evil people in the world. But look, it's been a week since they announced it. I'm going to be frank. I was surprised that they have not kicked him out or, Mm -hmm. you know, replaced his booking. Which to me indicates it's happening, which is kind of like my worst fear. And the other thing, too, is like they very purposely did this on Oscars weekend because they thought, oh, the Oscars will overtake whatever disdain or resentment or angry tweets that come out of this. But I have to say, I think we're a little smarter than this, Hibba. I think we're a little smarter. Yeah. Also, like I was immediately validated by how much agreement there was on Twitter that this is absolutely the worst idea. Um, There was a great tweet that really resonated with me. I composed an an Instagram story with all of my favorite tweets about this and some opinions, but um, my favorite one was like this woman tweeted, retweeted the announcement and was like, is the pandemic not enough? Like, why are you doing this to us? Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's (laughs) That's how I feel. Yeah. 
But you know what? Let's get into some facts because I feel like there's a lot of opinion out there, but I do want to basically talk about the fact that SNL has been here before. Mm-hmm. And SNL has clearly not learned from this. But I want to start by talking about this article I read in The Atlantic this week from Shirley Lee. Shirley wrote this really good, concise piece called Elon Musk's SNL hosting gig is a trap. Her argument was basically that this whole booking was meant to purposely incite disdain and tweets and controversy because Elon Musk comma, the CEO of Tesla, sorry, the techno king of Tesla, comma, does not need SNL. SNL will not make him richer. It will not make him more popular. It will not make him more liked. However, SNL on the flip side, sadly, could benefit from Elon Musk being a host because they need ratings. Mm, Yeah, I agree with all the points that you made i think though like there are better ways to get ratings and it's so clear that they are just doing this because i think to be honest i think he pitched himself like i think he in true privileged white man fashion just thought it would be a cool thing to do and made it happen like i don't understand how someone who's not even in the world of media or close to the world of entertainment would get introduced to the saturday night live world but once they like got the idea they were like oh yeah this would be great for our ratings but yeah i don't know the fact that he doesn't need them makes it worse for me because he's just like doing what he wants and that is just like so on brand for him and his group of people mm-hmm. yeah and i definitely want to get into who i believe was the one who advocated for him later. But I do want to talk a little bit about just the history of, like, controversial bookings on SNL. Mm. This is a very recent history, so we're going to start with, like, a very obvious one. I'm going to call him the 45th president from this point forward, okay? When the 45th president hosted SNL in November of 2015, the show reported its highest rating since 2012 at a Nielsen 6.6. That number means nothing to me, but that translated to 9.3 million viewers. That number beat its season premiere, which was hosted by, LOL, Miley Cyrus and had Hillary Clinton make an appearance. And another thing I didn't realize until now was that that was actually the 45th president's second appearance because he hosted in 2004 while hosting The Apprentice, an NBC entity. Kind of made sense. Synergy. Now, when we look at this season right now, um, the episode with the largest viewing was the Dave Chappelle one, which makes sense. It came right after the election. Mm -hmm. So that episode, onto which Foo Fighters was also the musical guest, came in at 9.1 million viewers, which is comparable, I would say, to Trump hosting in 2015. Now, here's the thing. If this Elon episode beats the Dave Chappelle episode, it will affirm SNL's argument That controversial pop culture figures like Elon, like Trump, like Kanye are good for NBC. Now, the first thing I was curious about is how people on the cast felt. And thankfully, we were affirmed in that. Andrew Dismukes and R. Bay, Bowen Yang expressed some disdain on their Instagram stories. Yeah. Okay. So 
um first bowen posted like a really cryptic just like i think a sad face emoji or an angry emoji and i like screenshotted it too Mm -hmm. yeah i screenshotted it i sent it to candace i was like this is definitely about like elon hosting and Mm -hmm. then later he reposted something that was clearly like we're not down for this Um, it was a tweet from elon musk himself saying quote Let's see how live Saturday Night Live really is. Literally, yeah. Bowen was like, um, not cool with this. Okay, so first of all, this just affirms to me that like the people who do the scheduling and like we've talked about this on episodes before, they don't really like give a fuck about the SNL universe in fandom. They really just like are corporate like NBC people who are like, let's figure mm. out the ratings. Mm-hmm. Um there was obviously like uproar from the fandom and from the cast and i wonder also like if they consider certain cast members like what would happen if a a good portion of the cast was like actually i don't want to like do anything with this host so like i'm gonna sit this one out i wonder Mm. if they have anything in their contract that like makes them i don't know either way like it's a huge, huge deal for Bowen and for other people to publicly be like, we're not down for this and to us, for SNL to like still continue. I'm also surprised because after every time they have a guest that they know is going to be controversial, it is a shit show and they have to go and clean up that shit show with a lot of apologies. And then for mm. weeks to come on the weekend update segments colin is very like white apologist about it and is like lol remember when we had trump on sorry guys lol Mm -hmm. lol and so Mm -hmm. it's like every single time they know it's going to be bad they do it again um like with the kanye stuff they had pete davidson come after kanye like endorsed trump on live television even though they were like oh we didn't know he was going to do that even after he had clearly expressed his support for trump multiple times The next week on Weekend Update, they had Pete Davidson go up and do this whole spiel about how they don't agree with him, et cetera, et cetera. Like, why are you creating Mm. this mess that you then have to solve and you're losing like people, you're losing trust, right? Like of people um, in the fandom and you're like, you cited the numbers, right? Thank you for bringing the facts. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Donald Trump episode in November of 2015 that had 9.3 million viewers Versus the Dave Chappelle Foo Fighters episode that had 9.1 million viewers. Is it really worth the 0.2 million viewers? I don't think so. Like, just do better. Just be better. I guess what's most frustrating about this, but also when you really look at the history of controversial guests, is that SNL consistently creates messes for its cast, for its crew, for its brand, has to clean them up, does not learn from those lessons. And... The other people within the walls of SNL that have, you know, responded and said something about it was like A.D. Bryant. You know, she reposted a Bernie Sanders quote that said, basically, wealth in America is, quote, a moral obscenity, end quote. Um, SNL writer Sudie Green reposted the same Bernie Sanders quote. So there is some there is some contention. And I agree with you. I am incredibly curious to see if any of the cast members kind of like made a threat like you know what I am going to be sick that week or I am just not going to show up to work that week but it's interesting because it kind of made me think what would it take for them to cancel Elon bring someone else in you know it is like so funny because the Morgan Wallen thing only happened a few months ago just a reminder Mm. Morgan Wallen scheduled to perform on SNL as a musical guest for the Bill Burr episode on October 10th, 
2020. Morgan Wallen was caught on TikTok performing maskless at a party. So and they like pulled making him out. out with people like on TikTok. making out with people. Mm-hmm. And this was before the vaccine, everyone. This was before the vaccine. Um, and they pulled Morgan Wallen on October 7th, which was only like three days before he was scheduled to perform. And then he came back in, on December 5th for the show with Jason Bateman. And when I really look back on the reporting on that from the New York Times, something that actually caught my eye a second time was Morgan went on Instagram to announce he was kicked off from the show the first time. And he said in that video that Lauren Michaels, quote, gave me a lot of encouragement by letting me know that we'll find another time to make this up, end quote. And that Gross. really made me think, okay, who, who is to blame here then? Who was to blame here for these controversial bookings, these decisions that clearly people internally are not all happy with? I mean, do you have any theories about that, Hiba? Yeah, I will say my decisive answer is capitalism is to blame, right? Like, and yeah. all of the systems and structures that uphold it. Like, again, time and time again, these are entitled white men that don't deserve airtime, that are getting airtime for no reason at all. Why do they deserve like 17 second chances? Why they're clearly breaking the rules. They're clearly like the scum of the earth. Like they're clearly bad people. Like Elon Musk's family literally owned a, like an emerald mine, I think, in South Africa. One of the mm-hmm. most like divided um, places. I just don't think that evil people or even people white men that like misbehave like morgan wallen should be given such like a blank check pass and mm. every time snl gives them a chance and gives them airtime and gives them a platform they are making a statement that we stand with these people right and then on the flip side of that it's like I don't know, like how many black women have hosted SNL? How many Asian Americans? Like literally, like why are you doing, like you can't say that you stand for equity and inclusion and try to do all of these like flagship like things and get more diverse cast members and then turn right around and put Elon Musk as your host and give people like Morgan Wallen a second chance. Like it's like a big fuck you. Like like it's like a it's mm. like the epitome of like corporate diversity efforts where they're like doing all of these kind of like um surface level things but they don't really care about like tackling systemic change. Um again like I don't know. I feel like the people this is like the problem with like SNL in general and NBC as a media network gets cast as like this like liberal progressive network that like people who watch fox news like wouldn't even touch it like they're always like oh this is terrible like how many times did trump like talk about how snl was like i don't know the mic for the democrats or whatever Mm. but even as progressive as it is it still sits within corporate capitalism and it's like not really progressive it's just a big mess and it's just like disappointing and disheartening that they continue to give these white men a platform who clearly don't deserve it yeah because at the end of the day you are pointing to the fact that snl preaches diversity when it wants to we're talking reggae jean page we're talking bad bunny we're talking regina king it also has the audacity to be the same people that forgive morgan wallen that are okay that jimmy fallon you know fluffed up the 45th president's hair on his show 
it, these are the same people who very happily announced that Elon was hosting SNL. And I, surprise, do not work at SNL. And so when I really think about what happened in those rooms as they were discussing this, I can only imagine things. And I truly was a little bit surprised that SNL did not even tell its own cast members about the booking because as we saw, you know, Andrew and Bowen and Aidy and Sudi like react to this, it was like um, it was almost like they were reacting live or maybe they did know and they were it seemed like a surprise to them it seemed like a surprise or maybe they were holding on to that resentment until the press release went live mm. but at the end of the day what i picture happening is that the cast the producers and the crew like we're just sitting in a room talking about bookings who's coming up you know we're going to finish off the season strong and someone said okay what about elon and I could almost feel the chill and the automatic head shakes that like occurred around the room. And the reason why that is just kind of disappointing is because no matter who was on whose side, no matter what anyone said, there was one person who advocated for Elon. There was one person who said that this was such a good idea. And that person was powerful enough to overrule the consensus and say, who gives a fuck? We're SNL. We're going to do this. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder what will happen when Lauren Michaels is not the like executive producer anymore because I feel like he had also such a big hand in this and he is mm-hmm. the institution, right? So like the cast members joke about all this all the time, but like whatever he says goes and even Morgan Wallen's quote that he lauren was like yeah don't worry we're gonna book you another time like i really would love to see one day like if we're talking about insider outsider strategy where you put somebody who actually is progressive inside of an institution that's not i would like to see like i feel like this like yeah it would still be bad and it would still exist as an institution within capitalism but these kind of like really harmful decisions wouldn't have been made like if you had somebody who is actually down in the executive producer seat they wouldn't be like we don't care that all of our diverse cast members are extremely against this and that our fandom thinks that this is a bad idea we're gonna do it for the ratings you know And I think what's also interesting about the Morgan Wallen situation is that there's a part of me that's like, oh, wait a minute. In Lauren's head, he didn't care about the implications of what Morgan Wallen did and how he broke not only SNL, but also the CDC's um, suggestions for acting in a pandemic. He just thought, oh, I'm like so sorry you tested positive, but like, don't worry about it. That's like the only problem, but like everything else is totally fine. It's like, no, 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 no. And they had the nerve to write a skit about it. Right? Like, oh, and they had the nerve to make a joke about it. And it's ridiculous. Also, Elon Musk has been canceled. Like, there was never a time where he was, like, not evil. Like, people have been known how mm-hmm. terrible he is. I don't know. Yeah. What's the point? Exactly. And so this has kind of made me think about where do we go from here? And I kind of have this sneaky suspicion that this booking may be the last straw for a few SNL cast members who Mm. were potentially looking at the door for a while now. I did want to bring up two examples of people who did kind of leave after some controversial bookings. Candace, Um, bring in in the receipts, y'all. 
I am literally so good at Googling. Okay. So in 2017, Taryn Killam, who, by the way, did an impression of Trump and also like was actually a very good skilled cast member. He went on It's Been a Minute with Sam Sanders and he talked about the circumstances around him leaving SNL. Just a reminder, he it was a little controversial because when he left SNL with Jay Farrow, they still had a year left in their contract. People were kind of not sure what happened, who said what, who broke up with who. Now, the 45th president hosted in November of 2015. Suspiciously, Taryn did not come back the following season, and he said it's because SNL did not ask him back. And some may remember that Jay Farrow also was not asked back. And although Taryn did not come out and say, like, it's because of Trump, it is interesting because... Now let's talk about Bill Hader, who has gone on the record a few times to say that Justin Bieber was the worst host he's ever worked with. Mm -hmm. Him and Jay Farrow actually went on Andy Cohen's Watch What Happens Live together in March of 2018, and he spoke about it again, reaffirming how much he hated Justin Bieber as a host. But as pointed out by The Hollywood Reporter, Bieber hosted Feb 9th, 2013. Bill Hader left two months later. And, Tibba, just a little tidbit for you, in that interview with Andy Cohen, Bill Hader did say that one of his favorites was Drake. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> I know. So there's some good there's some goodness here. But it's one of those things where you get you just you just question like these cast members and like how fed up they get. What is their breaking point? What is their moment unto which they say, all right, we're going to walk. And when I look at this current cast. Look, someone that I've been thinking about a lot is Kate McKinnon. I stated mm-hmm. before that I think Kate was going to leave the show this season, but didn't want to during the pandemic. Yeah. But now this this kind of gives her a good reason to not sign on for next season if she wants to. And the other person I'm thinking about is Mr. Pete Davidson. Because I think we both earlier this season thought it was very funny that this is now Pete's seventh season because he still seems like 21 years old to me. Yeah. But to be fair, seven seasons is usually when contracts are up at SNL. And I don't know. Yeah. Also, he's like a big time movie star now that he's about to be in the next Suicide Squad movie. So maybe that's his next career move. Um, But yeah, I think to your point, like, is it really worth it to push out these talented cast members ahead of their time? Like. Taryn Killam, Jay Farrow, Blahader. These are like huge, huge SNL names. Kate McKinnon, really huge. Um, I'm not sure if it's Pete's time to go yet, but like why would you piss off your own cast and crew that are so loyal to you, right? And that work so hard for you to like make really awesome work. Um, so yeah, again, I just feel like like this decision is so clearly at odds with the best interest of the people who create the show in addition to society at large. And it just, like, it doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, the people that I do feel most uh, sympathetic for are the cast and the crew who literally have to work with this person for a whole week. When Taryn went on It's Been a Minute, he just talked about how difficult it was to work with the 45th president, just how he hated being there, how he was being difficult, all this stuff. And... I'm sympathetic towards them. And so, look, I think that because SNL is kind of doing this as a ratings grab, I personally will not be watching the Elon Musk episode live or on Hulu. Hibba has agreed to do the same. Mm -hmm. And look, 
whether or not you earnestly watch it or hate watch it, Shirley Lee at The Atlantic has made her case. SNL has already won because they got us talking. They got you talking. They're going to get people to turn on NBC and they will count that as a viewer. So Hibba, I do want to provide some helpful, helpful places to go. Mm. Instead of watching SNL on May 8th, what are you going to do with your time instead? Mm, good question. Um, so like you said, I don't want to be counted in their viewership numbers, so we will both be boycotting. Um, we will actually be throwing out our TVs just to like double check, <laughs> just to like double check they do not count it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I have to put that mm. on my to-do list for next weekend. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. What do I do? For So I'm on the East Coast, so for me... Saturday Night Live comes on 11:30 to 1 a.m. So, um, you know, I'll I'll take that very versatile window of time, and maybe I will do some self care to decompress. Um, maybe I'll make like a collage for like like a summer mood board. I don't know, just manifesting Ooh. like a better a better world. Uh, manifesting my post-vaccine summer <laughs> i don't know i need to do something mm-hmm. positive um but yeah what are you gonna be up to well look for me what i'm probably going to do is spend my time watching anything other than snl maybe some mm-hmm. bob's burgers maybe the other two on hbo max i will also just you know take a walk and really clear my head and also plot my very own hot girl summer mm-hmm. i love that <laughs> but that's what i'm gonna be doing hibba thanks for taking some time to talk out our anger to talk out our issues and just really come to the conclusion that we are both going to dispose of our televisions for one night mm-hmm. yeah in conclusion elon musk is trash and we stand by that um and good luck miley Really, good luck to you. Anyway, thank you for listening. We will hopefully see you in a few weeks when we come back with an actual episode that we will actually want to watch. Bye!